Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. A gentleman named Dean sent me a very important note last night. Said, Steve, check out this case from the Michigan Court of Appeals involving the, uh, the drones, the drones in Michigan. And uh, he, of course, the reason he's important here is he's one of the attorneys who handled the case. And so I like it when I get updates right hot of the presses of ca- uh, cases that happen in the courts, because quite often these court cases take a while to work their way out to the public. But since Dean worked on the case and had gotten himself, uh, for his client, a very good result, uh, he sent me notes and Steve, check this out. This is important news. And they continue to do good work in this. They continue to work. So the, the fight's not over. But they just won a big victory at the Court of Appeals in Michigan. So in Michigan, the Court of Appeals is up there, and the Supreme Court of Michigan is above that. But whether or not a case will get appealed from this court, up, hard to say. Don't know if we'll know that for a little while. But the case here is the Michigan Coalition of Drone Operators and Jason R. Gilman Jr. versus Ottawa County, Ottawa County Parks and Recreation Commission, Director of Ottawa County Parks and Recreation, and Coordinator of Ottawa County Park Maintenance and Operations. The entire opinion uh, is less than four pages long. It's four pages long with the case caption. But this actually came down in the last week, meaning that the court heard the arguments, read the briefs, and issued an opinion. And it's only four pages long. So it's, it's a concise discussion of the law for once. And they ruled in favor of the Michigan Coalition of Drone Operators, which is good news for all people who operate drones in Michigan, whether or not you're a member of the coalition. So (laughs) this case was brought at the lower court where the uh, defendants, the Ottawa County people, lost. Okay, Ottawa County is over towards Grand Rapids and the west side of the state. And I had done a video previously involving the same group of people, the Michigan Coalition of Drone Operators, with respect to a case they'd brought in Genesee County. And just for a little bit of background here, we all know that drones are, are a thing now. And as they came into being, a lot of towns, cities, counties, villages started passing laws and rules regarding drones. And so the state of Michigan passed a law that simply said, we will be in charge of this. And the smaller organizations of government cannot make their own rules for how other people operate drones within their limits. And some cities and counties didn't, uh, didn't believe that. They, they didn't like that. And so they just thought, well, we'll pass rules anyway and see what happens. And so I did a video not so long ago, well, two years ago. <laughs> uh, and I'll put a link to that one in the description below. That was out of Genesee County, which is on... The eastern side of the state compared to the western side. That's how sides work. So defendants appealed as of right, meaning they had the right to take this appeal. They didn't have to ask for permission. Uh, and this was when the plaintiffs had won a permanent injunction <laughs> and a declaratory judgment in the trial court. And so that court had ruled that the local laws of the Oak, uh, uh, Ottawa County Parks and Recreation, etc., that their rules don't trump state law. And the Court of Appeals says, we affirm, which means they agree with the trial court. They agree with the trial court. In 2021, plaintiffs sought declaratory and injunctive relief, alleging that defendants had enacted county ordinances prohibiting the operation of unmanned aerial systems, UAS, remote-controlled airplanes, helicopters, and drones. And they said that that ordinance directly conflicted with state laws 
Plaintiffs argued that the plaintiff, Jason Gilman, wanted to operate his UAS recreationally and commercially within the geographical limits of properties affected by Ottawa County's ordinances, and he had to refrain from doing so because of the threat of criminal prosecution, fines, costs, etc. So apparently there was a potential way to get a permit or some kind of permission, but the requirement was onerous. So in particular, plaintiffs argued that the Ottawa County Park Facilities Rules and Regulations, as amended, um, were improper. And that rule says no person, while on commission park property, shall use or operate any remote-controlled airplane, helicopter, drone car, boat, or similar device unless prior written permission is obtained from the commission or its agent. Now, some people look at that and go, Steve, that's fairly harmless. It just says you can't do it till you get written permission. Well, the question is, how hard is it to get that written permission? And do they even give it? And number two, do they have the right to demand that? So Section 17 of the same act provides the civil infraction penalty for violating the rules. Uh, could be up to $100, plus the costs of prosecution. But the real problem here is that you go out to fly your drone and law enforcement shows up. And they say, you're not allowed to do that. Now, it might only be a $100 fine, but I have a sneaky feeling they're going to stop you from doing what you're doing. And they might also, for instance, I don't know, take your drone. I mean, I've heard of things like that happening. So uh, plaintiffs challenged the Ottawa County Ordinance, which was titled Surveillance invasion of privacy, or security on county property. So somehow, the argument is that you flying a drone over county property is invasion of privacy, despite the fact that presumably that is public property. Invasion of privacy. In particular, the ordinance bans all drone usage within 500 feet of the Ottawa County Jail or juvenile detention facilities, or 20 feet of the Grand Haven, Holland, or Hudsonville courthouse buildings, and an ordinance bans drone usage with a camera, video, operating, and recording pictures or the audio of any person outside on county property, including county parks, without a permit. And plaintiff argued the ordinance enforces the referenced ban with penalties that include up to 90 days in jail. You can go to jail for this. And up to a $500 fine in the cost of prosecution. So it just depends on whether you're over a county park or someplace near county buildings. Now, plaintiff's key argument, and this, by the way, is a quite good one, and this is the winning argument. Plaintiff's key argument was that the rule and ordinances directly conflicted with Michigan's Unmanned Aircraft Systems Act, the Michigan UASA, which is MCL 259.301, in the blue books behind me. And that statute says, except as expressly authorized by statute, a political subdivision shall not enact or enforce an ordinance or resolution that regulates the ownership or operation of unmanned aircraft or otherwise engage in the regulation of the ownership or operation of unmanned aircraft, period. That's it. That is a blanket prohibition against the political subdivisions of the state passing any kinds of rules or regulations that are stricter than what the state has. So in other words, don't you don't bother because you can't. So again, except as expressly authorized by statute, that would be a reference to these statutes, not the ones you make up because that wouldn't make any sense. A political subdivision, which is a county, a city, a village, a township, 
or etc., any of the subdivisions that make up the things within Michigan, shall not, shall not enact or enforce an ordinance resolution that regulates the ownership or operation of these things. And notice, I mean, that's quite broad. They shall not enact or enforce an ordinance or resolution that regulates the ownership or operation. So in other words, not only can you not pass a law prohibiting them, you can't even pass a law regulating them. That's quite clear. That is quite clear. And so in response to that, Ottawa County Parks and Recreation passed a bunch of rules (laughs) regulating them. Meanwhile, this act does not prohibit a political subdivision from promulgating rules, regulations, and ordinances for the use of unmanned aircraft systems by the political subdivision. So if Ottawa County uses drones, they can regulate how their own employees use those drones, but that's because it's their drones. They cannot regulate the use of drones by anybody else other than themselves. So they can regulate themselves. They could prohibit themselves from doing it if they wanted to. (laughs) Isn't that ironic? But instead... They want to prohibit you from doing it, despite the fact the law says, no, no, absolutely not. Elsewhere in the statutes, it says, a person that is authorized by the FAA to operate unmanned aircraft systems for commercial purposes may operate an unmanned aircraft system in this state if the unmanned aircraft system is operated in a manner consistent with federal law. So the state of Michigan, interestingly, recognizes that the FAA regulates stuff that's in the air, airspace, and because they regulate drones, they've decided to say, oh, we are going to explicitly say that as long as you're abiding by the FAA rules and you're authorized, you're good to go in the state of Michigan. And again, the political subdivisions of the state cannot pass laws regulating you. FAA is already doing that. There you go. Likewise, a person may operate an unmanned aircraft system in this state for recreational purposes if the unmanned aircraft system is operated in a manner consistent with federal law for the operation of a model aircraft. So that addresses commercial purposes and recreational purposes. And they basically say, look, if the FAA covers it, follow their rules and you're good. Therefore, plaintiffs argued that they were entitled to a declaratory judgment under MCR 2.605, that's the Michigan court rules, that defendants are prohibited by state law from enacting or enforcing a park rule and ordinances, regulating and banning (laughs) drones on county property, and plaintiffs were entitled to injunctive relief. Defendants answered that plaintiffs lacked standing because they neither sought nor were denied permission. So they said, hey, look, they never even applied for a permit. How, how, can, how can they have legal standing to pursue this? And they also argued that the uh, statute prohibits the use of the statutorily delegated authority to issues, rules, and ordinances that protect the security of property operations, as well as protect persons using county property from harassment or undue surveillance. So they're basically saying, look, there's other laws that say that we are allowed to use our property and to govern our property. And one of the things they talked about 
was the law on trespassing and also the law on surveillance or eavesdropping. So they said, look, you can look at this like we're regulating drones, but that's wrong. Instead, you should look at it like we're regulating eavesdropping and surveillance. We have the right to do that, right? Well, as long as you're not regulating drones. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Knock yourself out. So in supplemental briefing requested by the trial court, defendants argued that by enacting MCL 259.305, the legislature did not intend to occupy the entire field of law or preempt local regulation because it includes the phrase, except as expressly authorized by statute, and they argued other statutes grant counties regulatory authority. That is a nonsensical and stupid argument. That's the kind of argument where I'd like to find the attorney who made it and go, really? I mean, you didn't believe that, did you? You aren't going to make that argument. Because <laughs> a lot of people ask me questions. They say, I'm curious. There's a lot of laws out there. I see those blue books behind you. There's a lot of laws in there. Those books are thick. Type is small. Pages are very, very thin. A lot of, a lot of laws. How do we know which law governs if the laws appear to conflict? Let's, let's go out on a limb here and say we've been uh, smoking some of that uh, wacky tobacco that they warn us not to smoke on those signs where it says, uh, you know, um, we'll be blunt, don't drive high, uh, which I love so much. And let's suppose that we're actually thinking to ourselves, wait a second, they've said that we cannot regulate drones, but there is a statute that says that we have the right to regulate surveillance in, on our property. So is there a conflict there? If, in fact, we're going to go out on a limb and call the drone use surveillance <laughs> or eavesdropping <laughs> or, or trespass, let, 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 let's, assume that's, that, let's assume that's true. One of the things that you look at as a court is you look at when laws were passed, believe it or not. Because the presumption is that the legislature is aware of the laws. And if there's any entity on the face of this planet that is presumed to know all laws, it is the legislature. They're the ones who create the laws. Now, you're going to say, Steve, those those legislators, Lansing, they don't actually know all the laws. No, but when they're drafting a law, they do go through a process. And one of the processes they go through as part of this whole thing is they will actually have a proposed statute. to go. We're going to propose a statute on drone usage. We're going to propose that statute and we're going to get it passed. They will send that to legal people who will then look up every possible statute that could conflict with. And then they'll issue a report. And they'll say, this drone statute could possibly conflict with this, conflict with this. But then again, it it comports with the FAA. It does this, it does that. And so I assure you that somebody in Lansing said, well, don't the parks have the right to regulate themselves on some things? I mean, they, they have the right of regulation, correct? That topic would have come up. Absolutely it came up. I guarantee you it came up at one of the different committee meetings or something. That's what those committees do when you're just a bill on Capitol Hill. So that topic came up and somebody said, well, they can regulate themselves all they want. They just cannot step into this arena and regulate drones. So because this bill was passed more recently, the presumption is that they knew about the prior statutes and they didn't see a conflict. 
And how do they not see a conflict? Because they assume that the new statute overrides any possible way that it would have conflicted with the earlier statutes. And so that's one way that we look at this and go, well, (laughs) if the state had intended for the counties to retain their ability to regulate eavesdropping with respect to drones, they could have written it into the statute. They could have said they cannot regulate drones except as to limit eavesdropping, which they did not do. And so when a statute gets passed and it contains language, you have to realize this. This this is profound and simple. And I'm saying it for a reason. A statute that is quite simple and contains just a couple sentences contains that language, does not contain any other language. And that's actually a philosophical theory that applies here. So the statute says, except as expressly authorized by statute, a political subdivision shall not enact or enforce an ordinance or resolution that regulates the ownership or operation of unmanned aircraft or otherwise engage in the regulation of the ownership or operation of unmanned aircraft, period. Nothing else. So it prohibits them from doing certain things, and that's it. It doesn't say anything else. It doesn't give them any other powers. And you might say, but Steve, except as expressly authorized by statute. Well, this statute does authorize a couple things, including it authorizes them to regulate how they use their own drones. Okay, so, so this is quite straightforward. And as Dean sent in his note to me, he said, Steve, <laughs> the Court of Appeals basically says that the statute means what it says, which, by the way, is a big win these days because uh, courts don't always do that. So defendants here admit that they're not challenging on appeal the trial court's actual ruling regarding conflict preemption. Rather, defendants state on appeal that Ottawa County limits its challenge to the injunction on the basis that the Drone Act specifically recognizes that a property owner, such as the county, has the right to establish rules against drone usage on its property enforceable through criminal trespass. (laughs) What? making stuff up now. There is a statute on the books in Michigan, 750.552 of the MCLs. It says that uh, if you trespass someplace, you can be arrested and you can be sued. And so the criminal aspect of that is 750 because that's the criminal code. Uh, But this case did not involve a criminal trespass, as the Court of Appeals so wisely notes. And the provisions of MCL 259.320 were not at issue in this case. Plaintiff brought this civil action seeking a declaratory judgment and permanent injunction on the ground that defendants' park rule and specific ordinances were conflict preempted by the UASA. So in other words, this new statute overrides any other thing you thought you had with respect to your ability to regulate your parks. And and that's what the legislature intended. They intended this law to apply across the state of Michigan. And for you to say, oh, but what about the idea of of eavesdropping and trespassing? (laughs) No. Court of Appeals is an error-correcting court, but defendants are requesting this court to address, in the first instance, whether defendant Ottawa County, as a property owner and not as a political subdivision, (laughs) can prohibit drone usage on on pain of criminal trespass. And as you can imagine, 
as you can imagine, if they were allowed to pass rules with respect to the land they own, but not the land they supervise, what's the difference? It says they can't pass laws. It doesn't say with respect to the land you own. It's just nonsense. Defendants are actually seeking a gratuitous opinion on a matter of their own interest, not the correction of an alleged error by the trial court. We conclude that it would be inappropriate for us to address this issue that was not raised, argued, considered, and decided in the trial court, and we declined to do so. <laughs> so they point out that they raised some really dumb arguments, some of them for the first time. Hey, congratulations on that. We're not going to rule on that. But the bigger issue is this, is that the statute, in its most important part, says that a political subdivision shall not enact or enforce an ordinance or resolution that regulates the ownership or operation of unmanned aircraft or otherwise engage in the regulation of the ownership or operation of unmanned aircraft. Period. That's it. That's it. So that statute says, here is the prohibition against you doing something. And by the way, everything we didn't mention, we didn't mention for a reason. And that's important. So this is a very simple four-page opinion. It's called Michigan Coalition of Drone Operators versus Ottawa County, etc. Uh, and Dean sent it to me. He's one of the attorneys in the case, and he uh, works with the Michigan Coalition of Drone Operators. Thank you very much, sir, for passing that along. And the Michigan Coalition of Drone Operators has been going around the state fighting these cases and winning them. And winning them. So there you go. Uh, and um, I'm sure that there are still fights to be had. I believe... The dean said in his note that there's at least one other pending case, but I don't know where that is. So if dean were to comment on this, uh, I'd invite you to do so. And anything you can tell us, uh, I'd invite you to do that too. <laughs> so this is great news for those who use drones. Uh, I love those things. And uh, questions or comments, place them below. Otherwise, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. The only difference between a good and a bad haircut is about three weeks.